When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors. The podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And I'm Sophie Robinson. And today we're going full throttle talking everything Christmas. But first, a word from our lovely sponsors, Anthropology. Okay, I'm calling it. Calling what? Well, it's December now. We are officially in Christmas mode. <laughs> Do keep up. I've been on it for ages. I've done lots of shopping using our lovely sponsors, Anthropology's exclusive Great Indoors discount code. Uh, just use the code SPARKLE for a whopping 20% off. I got it off all my shopping and a few bits to update the Christmas table too. Of course, I've planned my table scheme and I've treated myself to a few new bits. You'll be telling me you've laid the table ready for everyone to arrive next. Well, no, I haven't quite, but I always like to create a centrepiece and add pretty candles and ornaments so it's always looking fabulous in the run-up to the big day. Now, I personally like to use a big cake stand as a centrepiece piled high with fruit or flowers that can be switched to cake or cheeses and anthropology have a rather fabulous selection to choose from that is actually quite a good idea (laughs) but i have to say i'm more about the christmas cocktails at this time of year and anthropology does have an amazing collection of glasses and barware i love that colored glass chloe decanter that would look great on the drinks trolley you see you're in now i love a coupe glass at christmas the preferred champagne vessel of the 1920s flappers and hollywood starlets They look super chic for cocktails, and because they have such a wide brim, even double up as an impromptu pudding dish. The Anthropology Ramona Coupe come in a range of very pretty colours, which I have to say are very me. Yes, I think they are. For me, I'm more about a 70s vibe, and I have to say that's very on trend at the moment. I love their best-selling French-inspired bistro tile monogram glasses, which draw inspiration from the many sidewalk cafes that dot the Parisian boulevards. They'd make a lovely uh, present for a hostess, actually, now you come to mention it. But Christmas for me is all about nostalgia, isn't it? And my childhood Christmases were during the 70s, so it takes me right back. Well, you go and put your cordray dungarees on, and I'll mix us a cocktail. And while you do that, I will tell our lovely listeners about the great discount that Anthropology is offering them. From the 1st to the 21st of December, receive 20% off Anthropology Home with the code SPARKLE. Exclusions apply. This offer is for home but does not include furniture, cannot be used in conjunction with any other offer, can only be used once and does not apply to previous purchases and is UK only. Thank you to Anthropology for supporting the great indoors and happy shopping to all of you. Now, on with the show. So when it comes to Christmas... I put a little post out on our Facebook group and asked people what's the sort of things they would like us to talk about when it comes to Christmas gifting, decorating, all of that. And overwhelmingly, people want ideas and inspiration around being sustainable, which I thought was really interesting. Because when I think of the word sustainable... I think it used to get all a bit brown paper, newspaper, and maybe a pine cone popped on top. It's a bit muesli, isn't it? Yes. 
<laughs> well, and also it's kind of, it, for years it's been the sort of anti-Christmas, hasn't it? It's like we can try really hard all the year, but at Christmas it's all going out of the window because yes. it's mountains of plastic tat and stuff you can't recycle. But yeah. we are changing. I think it's about a balance, isn't it? I feel for me that I think we're all very aware that while this is the festival of giving, it's also the festival of consuming. Yeah. And it's that balance between having a celebration, treating yourself for goodness sake. I mean, gosh, we all need to feel good. Being kind and loving to those close to us, but not being wasteful. So anyway, then of our Facebook group, The Great Indoors Podcast, I said, so what are your tips, guys, for a sustainable Christmas? Oh, we had comments. So I thought we could go through a few. And this isn't about being Scrooge, like you say, but it's all about being a little bit should we say creative? One of the big themes that came out on the group was this idea of using the same decorations year on year, which I have to say, I'm slightly baffled when people don't. I'm always slightly shocked when you see on Instagram, people go, oh, this year I'm doing the tree in, you know, ice blue and pink or this like year it's... Like theming it, like picking a different yeah. theme. For me, and I've said this before, it's all about opening the box of Christmas decorations and if only I hadn't moved house and knew where that box of Christmas decorations <laughs> were but, you know I'm fairly confident it will come to light in about March and you know we may be just having a slightly late Christmas this year but for other people who are clever enough to know where they've stored their Christmas decorations this kind of swerves the need to reinvent the tree or the desire so we had a message from Alison Thorne and she said, I love this, my tree is an aluminium one from the 60s. How cool is that? <laughs> and my decorations are a mix from three generations of family. I wrap my gifts in brown paper and recycled ribbon and try to give secondhand gifts wherever possible. Oh, well, that sounds... I'd love to know what her aluminium tree from the 60s is because another theme that was coming through is the idea of buying vintage decorations. And that's actually something I've done. So a bit like Alison, I've got a real mixture of decorations, some that were my grandmother's that got passed down to me, some that my mum's given me that because she doesn't have the big tree anymore, so she's given me some of hers. And actually, um, my dad used to do loads of business in Singapore and used to go on lots of trips and I've got these lovely little sort of... Yes. Silk handmade that's Chinese the joy of it, isn't it? It's not just that it's vintage, but it's those memories. Little of, memories, yeah. exactly. And then I have supplemented it by buying vintage decorations on eBay because I just love oh, cool. the old vintage ones. And I'm sure, you know, thrift stores and secondhand shops and things would have vintage. And it just gives it a little bit of charm, doesn't it? Sandra Roll Matthews has this tip. She says, most of my decorations are from charity shops. You can pick up some beautiful decorations really cheaply. She says, my tree is artificial, though. It was bought in the Woolworth sale in 2005 and it's still going strong. <laughs> can we just take a moment for Woolworths, please? Yes. I think our American listeners may still have Woolworths, but for those in the UK, it was a much loved sort of general store, wasn't it? And you could buy... Pick and mix, that's where I used to get Pick and mix sweets, but also light bulbs and string. And then occasionally <laughs> candlesticks and mugs and, and Christmas decorations. And it was great for presents. Yeah. Presents for small children and stocking fillers. Well, I think that's interesting, isn't it? That both Alison and Sandra have artificial trees. And I suppose, again, this is something to think about. Lots of people ask me what's better, real or faux. And I think if you're keeping your real tree, let's go from the 60s, that makes that a... 
Well, it's a 60-year-old tree, isn't it? So that is as sustainable as it gets, but it's not sustainable to buy a faux tree and then chuck it chuck out it a couple out of years year. later. Yeah. So well, you're very thing... sniffy about my sustainable tree, which is a wooden one, Yes. Um, which has got us out of a tight spot many a time because although this year I'm, uh, I'm hiding behind the fact that I've moved house for not finding the Christmas decorations, they do seem to have a habit, my Christmas decorations, of sort of vanishing. I seem to put them somewhere clever every year and it's usually somewhere differently clever every year and then I can never remember. So they quite often vanish <laughs> for years at a time. But I've got this wooden sort of flat pack green Christmas tree yeah. that in an emergency I can always find that because it's too big to hide in a cupboard and pull it out and then just wrap it with bits of decorations I can find. Well, you're not the only one who's got a wooden tree, actually. Jilly Cavender posted a picture of her wooden Christmas tree that she made out of old pallets. I mean, this is getting really creative. And she says, and then was decorated with all our usual lights and decorations. She says, like you, it folds easy away for for storage. She says, no one in the family seems to mind that it it isn't a traditional tree and she'll be rolling it out again this year. Well, people should be so lucky because I heard there's a real shortage of wooden pallets at the moment. (laughs) Because everyone's making them into trees. Well, because they're all made in Ukraine apparently oh, and what? so someone told me I think it was lovely mini moderns who make that gorgeous wallpaper that it used to be people would deliver their stuff on their supplies on big wooden pallets and then sort of run away because they didn't want to have to no, deal with them no that's right they and didn't. now they wait oh, they and they make won- you unload them because they're in such short supply that they want them back again Ooh. so you should be so lucky to get yourself some wooden pallets to make your own tree but reading on I see that Christopher Barrett said he made a homemade cardboard Christmas tree and he made it out of boxes each of the boxes was covered in recycled wrapping paper and it was great because the decorations didn't need to hang so it was almost like a memory box it was perfect for a shared flat didn't take up much room made no mess and could be disassembled and folded flat for reuse I think it lasted about three years before it was completely broken and we moved on to getting a living tree <laughs> I love that so everybody has their own decorated box and you just pile it up yeah in and again show. he posted a cool picture idea. so to explain it it was like if you can imagine a box as a cube and you cut it in half you're left with a sort of like a triangle like a wedge of cheese shape Right, you like right, and then he piled those up smaller and smaller in oh, size. So, triangle shapes, so they just... were triangle shapes, but they created little shelves, yeah, and they were all lined with paper. So rather than hanging the decorations, he piled the decorations inside each half a box as it went I up. I love that idea. And then put lights in. It looked really magical, Christopher, I have to say. I thought it was really super cool. The other thing that I keep meaning to do, and I've probably been too late again this year, is I think IKEA sold big pieces of material with a Christmas tree printed on it that you could hang on the wall. And I've always thought that's a really great idea if you don't have much space because Mm. there's no getting around the fact that, you know, a tree with presents all the way around it, even a faux tree, you know, that is a big round thing (laughs) to have to find space for in the corner of a room. She says, looking desperately around the boxes. I might just paint all those boxes green. Yes, and and, and pop some baubles on top. Yeah, an alternative (laughs) Christmas stack. Well, it's all about getting creative and we had lots and lots of listeners write in with their creative Christmas decoration ideas. 
Jackie Pachetti Whitley writes, I think Christmas decorations should be treated like family heirlooms and bought out year after year. There you go, singing from our hymn sheet. I have decorations inherited from my parents and childhood and every single decoration made by my children. Lovely. Every year when decorating the tree, each one makes me smile and I remember the kids gifting them to me. The angel on top of my tree is a paper angel made by my eldest 23 years ago and I love it well I've actually got a little clay angel that my Mm. 21 year old made at nursery when he would have been about two or three I say he made it I mean there may there may have been a little bit of help from one of the nursery assistants but we still have it one of the wings is broken off but yes now he's 21 so that's that's an old That's clay an angel. heirloom, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, Emma Jones writes in, I thought this made me chuckle. She says she offsets the environmental impact of having lots of children. <laughs> oh, the guilt. By putting them to work and making Christmas decorations every year. Cinnamon, oranges and salt dough. Now, that was my it's childhood. Salt dough, my mum yeah. got us making loads of decorations as kids. Because again, I, I don't think she was worrying about her carbon footprint in the 70s. It wasn't such a thing then, was it? But it was just that whole joy of having something creative to do. And then the pride that I had as a child seeing my little fat salt dough snowman <laughs> sitting we on the mantelpiece. We used to make, and I'm now wondering how we did it without them going mouldy, but we used to make, um, I think we called them, I don't know if this is the right word, but we called them orange pomanders. So you'd get the orange and I think we'd wrap a ribbon around it in quarters so it could hang and then stud it with cloves. And it made a beautiful smell and looked nice and you could hang it on the tree. But I'm now thinking, did everybody just, did all the grown-ups, because we used to make them as children for the grown-ups, did they discreetly throw them away a few days later? Because they go on for ages. Well, they would eventually, but they went on for ages. I just remember having really, like, painful thumbs. From pushing the clothes into, yes. Yeah, Yeah, really, really painful. And the other thing I remember doing is paper chains. Yeah. And there, I'm seeing those on Instagram coming through on Instagram this year. And I'm like, oh, I used to love making paper chains. Stacey Warner, listener, writes in. She says growing up, she used to make paper chains out of old Christmas cards. Yeah. And also gift tags out of Christmas cards. My oh, granny used to always do that with pinking shears. So they yes. had like a really jazzy little edge. My, my great auntie Dolly used to give us all Christmas cards and she'd write in them in pencil and she'd write, you know, dear whoever, happy Christmas. And then she'd say, P.S., I've written this in pencil so you can rub it out and use it again next year. (laughs) She'd actually write the instructions for reusing it. That's so brilliant. That's so brilliant. And then finally, um, Sadie Middle wrote in, and this is something actually that got shared quite a lot. She says, I make a Christmas wreath each year, which is completely foraged and from the garden. And free, she adds. I have to have a real tree, but we cut it down and compost it in our allotment. And actually talking about the real Christmas, because I always like to have a real Christmas tree too. And I quite often snip a load of the branches off the back, especially if I'm trying to shove it in a corner. Shove it in the corner, yeah. Yeah, so I take some of the branches. And then that's what I use to then dress the banister or the mantelpiece or down the centre of the table. So it's a good idea to get some extra foliage off your tree. And it also reminds me actually on Instagram, Alstonfield Manor messaged me with a good tip about using natural foliage, especially if you live in the countryside and it's just right there and you can mm. hack off some branches. Um, putting one part glycerin to five parts water in a vase and then it, the, the greenery sucks up 
the glycerin and it makes it la- makes it last longer. She tried it for an autumnal display with some beech branches and it works so well. She says she's going to try, try it with all the ivy and the eucalyptus and everything for Christmas. That is a good tip because I did that. You know, it's very fashionable to have big branches in mm. vases in, on your kitchen island. Obviously, no longer have a kitchen island, but I did try once with the big branches and, and it was about three hours in the warmth of and the, the house. Everything just fell off and it was all drooping. So glycerin and water, good tip. I liked actually talking of real trees. This came from Claire Hill, who says she loves a real Christmas tree, but like many of us, hates the idea of it being thrown away in January. So this year she is going to hire a potted Christmas tree. That way, the best of both worlds. I have a live tree and in January it will be returned to the ground to live on. I love that. We've done episodes, haven't we, about renting Mm. clothes, renting furniture. Mm. Now you can rent a Christmas tree. Brilliant idea. Or you could even go one step further as the people who used to own our house before we bought it. They used to buy a potted Christmas tree every year and then go and plant it in the garden. We got... (laughs) got loads of them have you or <laughs> christmas tree and it was quite quirky because when we moved in they were like yeah those are all our christmas trees from all the years and there's quite a few of them i mean i have to admit we took a few out i was gonna say because um, they they grow quite, big they grow big and they're quite dark yeah but yeah you could always just if you've got a big enough garden pop it in the ground i love that idea now moving on because well we're probably a bit late now but advent calendars uh, now yes. i have to say my boys are at that stage. They're 19 and 21. Every year they say they don't want an advent calendar because they're too old for that kind of mm. nonsense. And then, of course, up we pop on the 1st of December and they're like, well, where, where's my advent calendar? <laughs> so this idea, which um, came in from Kez NB, which we've sort of done as well, is this idea of a reusable advent calendar. So you can buy beautiful cloth advent calendars and you just Mm. fill the pockets with the different sweets or you can have a little thing of drawers or I would imagine my boys now will just need to know that there's a drawer with some sweets in it they can help (laughs) themselves do one a day because they won't care about the date but I love that idea and it's what again that's like the traditions isn't it oh it's the first of December out comes the advent calendar there's yours and there's yours well what I thought was also nice about Kez's idea is they go on to say that each December we write down our favorite memories from the year and put one per person to each compartment and it's such a nice way to start the cold December mornings so rather than have actually I mean there'd be outrage with my Arthur he absolutely he loves the idea of having a chocolate before breakfast oh, yeah, every morning school. yeah so I don't think he'd be quite into reading the memories but if you've got <laughs> But you, you want to do, do it as a, a memory family. and a chocolate. Yeah, I think that's rather nice, lovely. Isn't it? Yeah, Maybe I'll present that to the boys. Right, I want you to write down 24 lovely memories. <laughs> put them in the drawer. And when you've given me the lovely memory to your lovely mummy, then you get the chocolate. <laughs> not before. Like it. So, yes, advent calendars dealt with reusable every time. Yeah. Actually, my boys had, because they loved the Lego advent oh, calendar the little mini figures in. which had oh, the yes, little mini figures those. but also it had it wasn't just figures it had other things so you could they would play with it all year round mm. so i love the lego advent calendar so let's talk about gifting yes because that's the other area isn't it where i think there's can be a lot of pain and angst and maybe some like unnecessary gifting going on i mean i've i've definitely received things in the past where i've thought oh, well, which, i don't know that's going in the in the gift year gift drawer for next year and i think this idea of re-gifting 
is becoming a bit more socially acceptable. Well, it used to be. Yes, it used to be the thing you didn't do or own up to, didn't it? But mm. yes, I think it's quite fashionable now. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's really good. I wanted to share this, though, especially for people with kids. Elizabeth Buckeridge wrote in. She said her daughter spotted this trend on TikTok. That's why we haven't seen it. Oh, right. And she says it's really got her on board. It says when you're shopping for somebody, you want to get them a want, a need, a wear, a read. Oh, I love that. It's clever, isn't it? A want, a need, a wear, a read. That's genius. <laughs> she says, mentally going through the roller bit. He's got... <laughs> yes. Right, I'll tick some of those Oh, boxes. and then actually, this is the one for the kids one. Charlotte Kelly. She says she's not sure where she saw this, but she uses this saying with her children when they're writing their letters to Father Christmas to ask for something to build, create, play, read and wear. It doesn't rhyme, but it's still a good idea. You're not so into that one, are you? Oh, and then she adds something to remember as well, which could be like a show or an experience or a trip or something. Actually, that's turning into a really long list already, isn't it? It is quite long, but I I do love that idea of something to remember. I remember one year when I just, freelance life was not going well and I hadn't earned any money and I didn't have any money to buy the mad husband presents. So I made him a book of vouchers and it was 12 vouchers. So he had one a month for the year. So it was in my spin, the gift that keeps on giving, but it was little things. The boys were really tiny, like two and four. It was right in that hellish period of no sleep Mm. and fighting over lions. So I did these 12 vouchers and I drew little cartoons for each of them, but you could, you know, cut pictures out of places. And it was, uh, I promise you, Things like an uninterrupted lie-in and I won't even come up once at midday to say, really, are we still in line with the lie-in? <laughs> <laughs> so that was one present he could cash in. And one of the others was, I promise to take them to the park on Sunday morning um, and I won't make you come with me or I won't bring you up and say, right, really, do you want to come and join us now? And I think he still has it. I mean, and, you know, oh. it must be nearly 20 years ago. He said it was one of the best presents. <laughs> Yes. Oh, the, the gift I will of a let lion. you go into the bookshop and browse endlessly for hours on end while I stand on the pavement with two shouting children and I promise not to come in after five minutes going, now you can leave. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that came up quite a lot, which was a good idea, is the idea of edible gifts. Always brilliant. Consumables. Yeah. Um, Annie Emery writes, pre-children, she says, I made ginger biscuits for the tree on red ribbons, which I would love to do again soon. She's obviously got little children, I'm guessing. (laughs) And she says, I have lots of handmade origami stars I use to decorate the spaces as well. I'm making biscuits and treats for friends and family. And here was another good one from Suzanne Affinity. You can buy a pretty storage jar and then go to your local refill shop. Most of them are independent, which is a bonus, and have it filled with leaf tea tea or coffee or other goodies and add a little printed note to say more about the product to make it more personal who wouldn't want that I think that's a brilliant it's idea. a really nice idea yeah. isn't it because it's better than buying a packet in a packaging it just kind of yeah has that more thoughtful personalized thing yeah. and actually you're always really good at this as well aren't you thinking like if you've got somebody who loves a nice tea then buy them a mug or something to go with yeah so sort of a mug grouping. and a tea towel is always my default oh, gift yeah. And then you can go from there with, you can add the tea and add okay, the biscuits. Okay, with the tea towel. So that brings us on to the next Rapping. area. 
Thorny Christmas area. wrapping. Lots of people had lots of ideas about sustainable ways to wrap that isn't just wasting acres of glittery plastic coated well, paper that you can't if, recycle. And I think the tip for that is, isn't it? If you can crumple it up and it stays crumpled, yeah. then it's generally recyclable. Oh. If you crumple it up and it springs back out again, then it's probably then got plastic. some plastic in it and it won't recycle. I mean, well, I appreciate you can't do that before you buy it in the shop, but you can generally tell. Yeah, and I think and I think glittery. shops are quite up for saying whether they're gift wraps recycled. Yeah. Cyclable down the packaging. Anyway, lots of people talking about tea towels, like wrap a present in a tea yeah. towel, or silk scarves. And I think this comes from this frushiki, which is a Japanese technique of oh, wrapping, it's an incredible art that. wrapping gifts in uh, yes. in fabric. I might use a scarf and a bit of string, but <laughs> if you, are you, you got cheating? Time for a YouTube video, it's beautiful. I was going to say it's yeah. all over YouTube, but there were some really good tips about um, buying. Uh, I mean, I know, I mean, they used to be so fashionable, didn't they, silk yeah. scarves? I mean, my mum used to have loads, but nobody really wears them anymore. So you can pick them up really cheaply. And the idea being that they are, ju- you know, part of the gift, if yeah, you like. Totally. Or, you know, you can even ask for the scarf back afterwards and then like wrap it for next year. It's like recyclable. That might not go down quite so well, but giving everybody their present with a silk scarf. Or a I'm sure towel. you can find colours that, that appeal to the person. And also bring back that kind of 70s styling. You know me, I'm all about the 70s. Just tying a, a coloured silk scarf around the handle of your handbag. It's good luck, Oh, isn't it? yeah, that is, I always forget to do that because I've got go. some lovely silk scarves. There you go. So Tie it around a handbag. Well, I know what I'm giving you date. for Christmas. I'm just giving you the wrapping. I'll keep the presents. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give you some wrapping options. Oh, this this was an interesting one because I wonder if you've heard of it. Helen Peavitt wrote wrapping cocoina. Is that how we're saying it? Glue? Cocoina. Cocoina I think so, yeah. glue where you need, she says, use that when you need to seal a present. Um, and she says for her, it's a totally Christmassy smell of almonds. And it reminds her of being back at school with a little brush you use. Or that paper tape that you don't need to remove when recycling paper, like washi tape, for example. That's the key, that isn't it? Thinking, what almond-scented glue is this? I, lo- I wonder if anybody else has heard of that. It sounds amazing. It sounds interesting. It obviously it? peels off. Because the sellotape is where you, I was going to say, where you come unstuck. Ha ha. <laughs> um, but, you know, you go to all that bother to, and you think, oh, I've done really well. I've bought the recyclable wrapping paper and I've bought the ribbon to dress it up and I've used the old Christmas cards for the gift tags. Marvellous. How am I going to stick it all together? <laughs> and then you find you're reaching for the sellotape and it's all gone wrong so this year note to self buy lots of washi tape yes emergency washi tape stash it everywhere and then you won't feel tempted to reach for the sellotape because the washi tape isn't always up to the job of sticking the paper that's when a good old bit of string or a bow comes in handy yeah. a bit of recycled ribbon and then finally this from lucy cox because this made me smile she says my brother and i've been swapping the same bottle bag for about 10 years we just cross out the name each year in a really obvious way and it makes us laugh i love <laughs> I that. that was really cool we did actually have one other just to finish up really nice idea bit of self-gifting from our producer Kate Taylor Mm -hmm. and she said Christmas is the one time of year when you have guests around Mm. when they might offer to do the washing up and never want to look a gift horse in the mouth she says her (laughs) mother-in-law comes around and offers to do the washing up and she immediately starts looking at her skanky old kitchen cloth (laughs) and the horrible washing up liquid and the scrubby old brush and she then feels Kate does. I wouldn't. Embarrassed about asking her mother-in-law to partake in the ritual of washing up when it's all so horrible. So she says, treat yourself to a beautiful wooden washing up brush a new cloth and some lovely eco washing up liquid in a refillable bottle. And then it all looks nice and you'll be dying. People will want to wash up more and more, she thinks, because it'll be such a pleasant experience. 
I love that idea. I'm always up for a bit of up-leveling. And actually on the sort of sustainable chat, I spotted these on Instagram. They're called Seep Green Cleaning Household Essentials, Plastic and Compostable. So uh, these little sponges are compostable. They last four to seven weeks. They're plastic free. And I must say, they look kind of super stylish too. There we go. I wanted to have a quick word, mm. just before we get to the washing up actually, about the food waste. Because that's the other big problem at this time of year. And we're very mm. well aware of food banks and the need for things at food banks. And actually, my mother-in-law said to me this week, she volunteers at a food bank. She said, try not to take pasta and rice to food banks because they're overrun with, with pasta, pasta and, and rice. food banks. So, you know, maybe tins of tomatoes or something to make a sauce with. And also, weirdly, she said, people never put things like washing powder in food banks. So, mm. well, it's the word food bank, isn't it? Well, I suppose clues in the name. <laughs> um, but that was just a little thought. But there is an app called the Olio app, O L I O. You download the app, and if you've got food leftovers, you take a photograph of it and you say where you are to have it picked up. And then people in the area, if they're on the app, can come and collect the food, or you can get a request to share any leftover food. And I just thought that might be a really nice idea because it's that time of year when there's lots of leftover food floating around. Mm. And rather than it ending up in the bin, download the Olio app and see if it works for you. So now for something completely different. I thought we could get off the Christmas topic for five minutes. Yes, let's. Talk about something else. Well, you know, we're coming to the end of the year. This is our penultimate episode of 2022. And I thought we could have a little bit of a giggle by taking on some of the design crimes that we've committed in our lifetime. Because I am aware, and actually it was pointed out in our Facebook group as well, that we're all very good at shelling it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being a bit, I think we were almost accused of being a bit judgy. Oh, were we? Oh, we were. We us. were. Yes, us. <laughs> it's always a bit of fun, the design it's crime. Always but yes, meant to be fun. You want to hear the mistakes we've made. <laughs> I mean, I actually think we've shared some of them before, but I'll give you one, which is, and this is one I'm always guilty of, is not understanding the measurements of things. <laughs> I mean, I've done it so many times. I mean, most of the time it's not been a huge problem because it's like, you know, I've bought a vase and in my head, oh, yes. you know, it's going is this to be this big. Is this internet it, shopping? Yes, oh, internet, yes. And it turns out and it's tiny. And I I do know what 30 centimetres looks like. And I have tape measures. I have a portable tape measure in my handbag attached to my key ring. There's sort of no excuse, but somehow you understand the measurements intellectually and then it turns up and you think, huh, that's, you know, much bigger. Or much smaller. So the, the cautionary tale I have on this was uh, where I came really unstuck, and I'd gone to Decorex. Oh, what's the big, the big, the big fabric trade fair? Yeah, trade fair. I mean, I don't know if it was ten years ago. Let's go with that. And for those of you who have not been, Decorex is the big trade fair, and it's held in this enormous building. I don't even know how high the ceiling is, but meters and meters high. And I was wandering around and there was a, a sculpture which had been created in the middle of the room, which was a big pile of chairs that almost looked like a tree, actually. And it was something to do with sustainable chairs. And over the top of these chairs, hanging from the ceiling, was this fabulous sculpture of a woman about to dive down onto this pile of chairs. I mean, just bear with me. This is not the relevant bit. So, you know, it was a strange sculpture, but 
beautiful sculpture of this woman in a sort of 1920s hat and costume. And I just thought it was so gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. And we had this big, before we'd done the loft, we had this big landing space mm. at the top of our last house. And I just thought she would look so Great amazing. statement. Fixed to the wall, diving down over the stairs. So I left the, the, the decorex and I was chatting to the PRs. And I said, well, you know, what happens to all these things? And they said, oh, well, you know, they'll probably get destroyed or put in landfiller in a bin. I was like, no, we can't have that. I said... Give me the diving lady. I've got just the spot for the diving lady. So they were like, really? You're sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, fine. Absolutely love it. So um, about a week later, I wasn't in. And my husband rang me and he said, you've got to come home now. And I said, why? What's the matter? And he said, we've just had a delivery. It's quite large. And I said, oh, well, I'll be back in a minute. Anyhow, got home. And we had a hall which was, I don't know what, 10 foot long. I mean, maybe not even that long. There was this box in the hall which went from the bottom of the stairs right to the front door. You could barely get in the front door. And in it was the sculpture diving lady. Because what I hadn't realised was that, you know, it's a bit like Father Ted. When things are further away... They're smaller. And this diving lady had been hanging from a 20 metre high ceiling. And I came home and I was like, oh, but she's beautiful. But she is, she's a bit big. I can hang her on the wall because, you know, she's about five metres long. And quite heavy. And my husband, like, God love him. He was so nice about it. And he was like, okay, it's fine. We just, we've just got to think of a way to get rid of the diving lady now because she's not going to fit in my car. So we had to take oh my a saw gosh. to the diving oh, lady. No. We had to cut the diving lady up and dismember her so we could put Ooh. her in bags and take her to the tip. My husband said he went to the tip and all the men at the tip were like, we've seen some things turn up in this tip, lad, but we've never seen anything like that. <laughs> so that is my cautionary tale. Yes, mm. and had she been a quarter of the size. Yes, and what if I'd just bought Longleat or something? I think we've all done that. I remember the, I was living in a flat on the, oh, quite high up, fourth fourth floor or something, and bought a sofa in an auction. Lovely, great, big, comfy looking thing it was. Marvellous. Is this going to be a pivot story? Oh, the <laughs> delivery guys huffed and puffed and wedged this sofa all the way up the stairs, red face and sweating by the time they got to the top and then it wouldn't go through the doorway. We tried everything. We tried, you know, when you just try everything every yeah. which way. And I think they were really committed as well because they just like... <laughs> they were invested. They were invested <laughs> in getting the sofa in my flat. And uh, it and it and it wasn't going in, and it had to go back to the auction house, which is quite expensive because you lose a bit of money that way. It's well, not like a shop. Well, that's it. Exactly. I know. Oh. Very very expensive, embarrassing mistake. So uh, yes, I similarly got a measuring tape. <laughs> so par to share. Yes, there we go. But I believe, never mind my tales of measuring, which is an honest mistake that can happen to anybody, no matter how organised or clever or otherwise brilliant they might be. You have an upcycling tale, which I, you know, is, is... I might have overshared by telling you that one. You're going to yeah. make me, well, gonna make me admit now. this. I'm going to make you share it. Share your upcycling television I was ahead tale. of my time. I was ahead of my is time. Is that what, what we're it going was. with? Yeah, well, we're going to... So this would have been late 90s. I'm on my first year at Brighton University Art College. I was house sharing with three other people. 
and uh, I needed to pimp this place up. It was looking very, very drab, our first student digs. And we bought this TV. I don't, it was secondhand telly. And do you remember when tellies were just like huge boxy things? Yes, yeah, with a bowl of fruit on top. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. You had to have a bowl of fruit on your So telly. I was really offended by this big grey box sitting in the corner of our shared student living room. So I thought, well, I'm going to pimp that up. So I sprayed it gold to start with, much better than the grey. So it got sprayed gold. Then I wrapped faux leopard print fur around the body of it. I was in till the gold. I was in at the gold thing. So paint, I had a leopard, print, a leopard print fur coating on all sides and the top. And then you had buttons. Yes, had buttons on the old tellies. buttons on the TV. And each one of them had a different coloured plastic gemstone. And then I think I put PVA glue all around. You know, they're like the frame... Yeah. Around PVA glue and glitter, then all the way around the frame, around the uh, around the glass picture. I just, I just know that a lot of the people listening to this will be sitting there They'll eyeing be... their tellies, going. Mm. <laughs> 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 They'll be thinking design crime. It's genius. Where's my glue gun? I tell you what, I love that telly. I love that telly. And you have to get up. Those are the days when you still get up and change your channel. And there was something very satisfying about. Shall I press the ruby button? <laughs> I mean, my bedroom in this said student digs, I wrapped all, I think it was three walls in Dalmatian faux fur. I was having a real faux fur yes, moment. And, and there's a I, lava lamp in there. Oh, I had a lava lamp and I had those blinds, which were like very thin bamboo. Boo, yes. That rolled up and Did down. you have a paper ball ceiling light? That was the other. Yes. Used to get those. And they were a, week, pa- they were a pound, weren't they? Yes, I remember still they are. still are. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. A green Christmas, than a white one. Well, we might yet get a white one. And given that I will have no radiators between now and Christmas, it's definitely cold enough for a white Christmas. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back next week talking all things festive food. And in the meantime, you can find us for a chat on Instagram where I'm Mad About the House and she's Sophie Robinson Interiors. Or over on our blogs where I'm sophierobinson.co.uk and she's madaboutthehouse.com. But for now, thanks to our producers, Kate Taylor and Sarah Cudden of Feast Collective. And thanks so much to you for listening. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Anthropology, for supporting this episode. Don't forget to use that generous 20% discount with the code SPARKLE at the checkout. And we'll see you in the great indoors. Are you hearing that? What is that? Is that the carol singers? Is that that outside your window? No, I think it's probably late night school chuck out or something. (laughs) A bit early for carol singers.